Welcome back to Old Soul, New Soul Astrology with Robert Glasscock. We are working our way through the nodes of the moon in each sign and house. And the way that we're doing it is we are taking it in zodiacal order. So in this episode, Robert is going to be telling us about the north node in the second house or Taurus, and then the south node in the eighth house or Scorpio, And then, of course, we're going to flip it back the other way. So we're covering it all in this structure. So, Robert, Taurian North Node, I'm feeling something Venusian here as well. (laughs) And you're correct as usual. You know, picture again the natural wheel that begins with zero Aries on the first house. And today we're going to talk about the North Node either in the second house or in Taurus, and then the South Node in the eighth house. Or Scorpio, opposite that. This axis has to do with permanent unions and consolidation and preservation of alliances or of associations and the, the fostering and developing of communal re- relationships as well. It's the In essence, and this is the existential conflict underlying people with this nodal axis, it is the striving for personal advantages through others and vice versa. So it comes down to understanding what we have to offer others in the way of talents, intelligence, expertise, accomplishments, support, or money and time, and what we need from others in exchange for those things that we have to offer. So people born with the North Node in Taurus or in the second house can tend to validate their own worth and values in terms of their significant others, or to devalue their own self-worth through poor choice of associates. So they may be prone to to getting all wrapped up in the needs of other people at the expense of their own best needs and to attract intense life situations at the expense of their own peace and comfort and harmony. The lesson with this second house, eighth house, Taurus, Scorpio, nodal axis, the lesson is to learn to acknowledge their own values and depend on themselves for their own self-worth through their own achievements, small and large, and to enjoy life's calm and secure and serene stretches without unconsciously needing to create crises. Now, conversely, they may also devote excessive time and energy in supporting others, but at their own expense. And something else that characterizes this nodal axis is deep and unconscious or unspoken power struggles that can undermine relationships. People with a North Node in Taurus can attract others who seem to have all of the power, financially or socially or professionally or otherwise. 
And yet those people can't express the depths of their love or their emotions. Because to those other people, showing sensitivity or vulnerability of any kind can feel threatening to their sense of power and control. So someone with this axis can find themselves falling in love with someone who really is powerful in their own ways and in their own spheres, and yet that person can't tell you how much they love you. They may say it once, <laughs> and then you better hang on to it, because they, they have trouble expressing um, love through means other than, the, than material means. And so much of the, uh, the underlying drama and intensity of the nodes in this second, eighth Taurus Scorpio axis comes from a deep desire on both parts for the relationship to be transformational. That's very dramatic. And it's also very subtle. It's a, it's a Plutonian kind of process, transformation. So it happens over time and it happens very deep and, and it gradually surfaces and then you begin to realize. So each part, person is looking for this ultimate intensity of, I want to be transformed by this. They don't say this going in. But the truth about this is that whether or not we are aware of it consciously, we are all transformed, quote unquote, by our strongest ties. It's just that here with the nodes on the Taurus Scorpio or second to eighth axis in the, in the birth horoscope, the need to be transformed by long-term relationship is their existential conflict in this life. If the tie, for example, the relationship is passionate and sexual, then the transformation is through the obvious intermingling of bodily fluids and electromagnetic auras through emotional and physical arousal, especially on a re repetitive basis. And that absolutely, quote unquote, transforms both parties psychologically, emotionally, intellectually, physically, and spiritually. But even in intense and passionate business situations or partnerships, dedication to the partnership still, if, if less obviously, transforms both parties over time, hopefully by increasing their wealth and their social value of their endeavors. Now, if we reverse this axis and place the North Node in Scorpio or in the Eighth House, and the south node in the second house or in Taurus, then the existential conflict is still the same, but it looks quite different because the, the poles and the roles are reversed. Let me show you what this looks like. With the north node in Scorpio or in the eighth house, the south node is in Taurus or the second. So these people tend to strive for success through sheer will and to be overly self-reliant and set in their ways. So you get sometimes extremes of temperament, stubbornness, extreme stubbornness, or overindulgence. And those things can prevent further changes or further transformations, or they can cling to possessions and old habits 
very fearful of crises and very overly focused on security. So they may experience challenges in partnerships because they fail to truly see or appreciate others' values and worth. They can fear taking chances and they resist change and input from others. Moving out of the uh, um, seemingly solid and stable material world to understand and become aware of this true inner world and values can seem intimidating or frightening to these people. So the position of the North Node in Scorpio in the eighth house will sometimes show people who are forced to associate together through force of circumstances such as natural disasters or wars or couples forced to confront extremely difficult situations such as the loss of a child or a serious illness or loss of the partner. Now, if the two people are honest and communicative, uh, perhaps with the help of therapy, then even tragic circumstances like those can become the means of a dramatic transformation and enlightenment for both people. So that in a thumbnail is a start on understanding the nodes in the second and eighth or in Taurus and Scorpio. With this one, no surprise with Venus ruling Taurus and of course Scorpio being Scorpio, that we were talking about relationships. And then in the last episode, we were talking about the first and the seventh axis, the seventh being relationships. In both of these, you talked about karmic business or this development that we're here to work on coming through the structure of relationships. I found that interesting. Well, Thomas, in fact, all of the moon's nodes are about relationships because they are opposite each other. They're of the nature of the first and seventh, you see. One is in one house and the other one is in the opposite house. So the idea of karma and the past and ancestors and roots and so on, whether in this life or in previous life, comes through uh, the moon's nodes because that's part of their archetype. And then the moon's nodes being opposite each other also inherently in the archetype contain the idea of relationships. It's just a different aspect. For example, first seventh relationships are cardinal and angular, if you will, in the natural wheel. Whereas the Taurus Scorpio or second and eighth house moons axis, those are succeedant houses. And that is on a completely different level than the more surface or immediately apparent level of first seventh Libra Aries relationships. This is something much deeper going to core values and core beliefs that each person has about themselves and life and partners and marriage and so on, Taurus and Scorpio, and the capacity for transformation, not just change, but I mean transformation. So you get people with this Taurus, Scorpio, second, eighth nodal axis, things like alcoholism, for example, which can be a lifelong disease and kill you if you don't transform it. You can't just stop drinking and expect to be to be well because it takes a lot lot more understanding than just stopping drinking you see it has to do with your core values and so on so it's a it's a different level and and also in 
the second eighth, you're dealing with earth and water by nature in the in just the natural archetypes of things. Whereas in Aries Libra for a seventh house, you're dealing with fire and air. I'll tell you where my mind is going with this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking our little antennas then should be. Well, let's back. Let's take a step back. Even like the course that you did with Kepler College, we mentioned that, and I'll tell people where that is in the end of this episode. You talked about how our chart reflects our past incarnations or the tendencies of those incarnations. Well, we bring that forward. Now we're dealing with the nodes, and then we get into some kind of a relationship, whether it's romantic, business, whatever it is. Should our little antennas be up that, oh, here I'm entering this relationship structure? Again, it may not be physical or it may not be romantic, but here is a relationship partnership structure. I should be looking out for karmic business to be done through this structure of this relationship. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And probably what we don't do is value relationships enough. They're setups. They're tee-ups for us to do this karmic work. But totally agree. I think that that's probably relationships are the, the most important area where we are given a great gift, which is to confront our own karma, if you will, and see if we can make it better. I, I have been in karmic relationships and uh, thank God I got into astrology early when I did, because I, I could understand them a lot better and also understand why they came to an end. Some people are meant to live a lifelong. I'm reading for a couple this coming week. I rarely read for couples together, but I'm doing it in this case. These people started going steady in senior year in high school they have been married for 30 something years now 36 years which of course today is pretty rare and everybody's cinderella and prince charming image of marriage is oh you'll find true love and it will last forever happily ever after and that's not true for a lot of people because we all evolve and change and grow, and sometimes we grow in separate directions. But if you do come together with someone from a past existence, it, it pays to pay attention to astrology, I think. And my biggest lesson uh, has been to learn exactly that, to be sensitive to, the other, to what I'm saying and how I'm behaving around a mate or a partner in business, either one, or just people. Uh, because I can, by nature, I can be very insensitive and say really things that may be perfectly true, but in a way that hurts rather than heals, you see. So that's something in myself that, that I'm aware of. And that, that again, to me, is the, the incredible treasure and value of astrology. I don't know of anything else that makes all these things so readily apprehensible because there they are in black and white in that chart and you can either read them and understand them and if you don't know look them up and keep doing reason or not you know it's up to you but you absolutely can change your fate that's what all of this is about if you have a lousy horoscope like i do uh, i have a wonderful horoscope as it turns out but it's not an easy one but my god do i love everything about it it's the right one for you yes 
Well, thank you for this. And I hope that this does help put an extra emphasis on the relationships in your life so that you value not only what's going on on the surface, but what's going on in your soul. Robert is available for readings. We've been mentioning this. His website is rglasscock, the number four, site, S-I-G-H-T dot com. You can contact him there via email. That link is also in the show notes. Next episode, we're back to talk about the next set in the third and ninth houses and Gemini and Sagittarius. Thank you so much for listening to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. We'll see you next time.